brought to you by the students of Mary Persons High School in conjunction with MPTV. This is Monroe County Schools Radio, exclusively on Magic 100 FM. I'm your host, Carrie Buckendale. It's a new year and a new semester for Monroe County students. That means we are halfway through the school year, and so far, it's been a great one for our students and the community. Dr. Mike Hickman, Superintendent of Schools, joins us this morning with a recap of some of the big accomplishments we've seen this school year. All right, Dr. Hickman, thank you for joining us this morning. We're excited to have you. Now we have officially started the second semester. Before we get too deep into that semester, you want to share some thoughts on semester one, some of your highlights and exciting things you saw? Well, uh, had a lot to be thankful for. Obviously, uh, being healthy and all the kids back in school, um, all of our staff being back in school, kind of post-COVID, uh, we still have some cases. Uh, but for the most part, uh, it's been a successful and healthy first semester. Had lots of uh, kids' successes um, and staff successes first semester. Our kids are working hard. Uh, we've got a lot of things to be proud of. Uh, moving into second semester, our senior class, obviously the class of 23, uh, will be graduating in May. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, we're looking forward to a lot of new things. One of the things that came out in November was uh, the East Blast vote that uh, our citizens voted for Monroe County, which will over five years period, over five year period, will uh, give five, uh, $40 million to the school system for capital projects. So we're excited about uh, our, you know, the citizens voting that East Blast in, and we've got really good plans set forth. Uh, to begin work um, with different projects within our school system. So we're excited. Uh, we're hopeful it's going to be a great second semester, and we hope we have another healthy and uh, productive second semester. All right, now you mentioned the East Blast, yep. and that's going to bring money into our, our coffers here to do a lot of projects. One of the things we talked about was some kind of freshman campus or MP Annex, but then we got news just last month that we were getting another special grant that's going to provide a very exciting opportunity for Monroe County. Can you tell us about it a little bit? Yes, uh, the College and Career Academy. Uh, we were fortunate enough to be one of two districts to receive that grant uh, in the amount of $3.1 million for the purpose of building the College and Career Academy. And fortunately for us, that will be actually here on Board of Education property as part of Mary Persons High School. Um, we will be focusing on three major areas that we'll minor uh, in communications. Uh, but we've got manufacturing, logistics, and healthcare. We will have pathways that will accentuate different uh, areas of those pathways in our new college and career academy. We also will be partnering with Central Georgia Technical College uh, as well as Crawford County Schools. And you may ask, uh, how will Crawford County Schools be part of this collaboration? Well, uh, as part of our agreement, uh, we have Crawford County students will actually have the opportunity to be bused over here to the College and Career Academy and take the CTAE classes that we offer in the College and Career Academy, which is wonderful for the kids in Crawford County. And we're glad to host, as the listeners may or may not know, we've actually been going down uh, to the Hutchings Center in Macon to take different pathways that we don't provide here uh, so our kids could 
do things that's like, uh, I think they go down for welding at Central Georgia Technical College in Macon, on the Macon campus, cosmetology at the Hutchings Center, uh, food and, and nutrition. Uh, and so we, we're trying to do our best in middle Georgia to provide all the kids with opportunities, no matter where, what zip code you're in, you've got opportunities. So uh, we're proud of that and uh, we'll be starting work uh, with the College and Career Academy very soon. Right, now some of our MPTV broadcast students have actually talked a lot about these pathways that you're talking about, interviewing teachers and advisors and that kind of thing. But with this new facility, this doesn't replace anything. This isn't, mm -hmm. you know, we've had people asking about, is FFA still going to be offered? And yes, FFA pathways are still going to be offered. This is new additional curriculum to what we already have, correct? It is. The current pathways and offerings that are at the main campus at Mary Persons High School will remain. This is an addition to, this is extra things that, extra opportunities for our kids and staff. So uh, we're proud to continue uh, things like agriculture, construction, automotive, all the different pathways that we offer. These will just be new opportunities for our kids. That is exciting. So it's even more ways for us to learn, grow, and succeed and see a wonderful thriving workforce out of the school system, yes? True. Uh, I mean, obviously when we, targeted those specific pathways we uh, the middle georgia regional commission provided us data on uh, what availabilities of jobs were in the middle georgia area and we're trying to match those uh, with things that we can prepare our kids for when they get out of school that they'll be ready to join the workforce if that's what they choose to do and so that they'll be ready uh, and trained uh, to get a job here in the central georgia area that is fantastic news and you know that's not the only project we're working on there's always something going on we've talked in the past you and i about the stadium construction project do you mm -hmm. have any updates for people on that one yes we will uh and just in the uh, for athletics uh obviously we've got several minor things that have been happening uh first semester uh, we're finishing up the tennis courts uh we've got new three new tennis courts we refurbished that whole area uh we've also Many people may not know, but on the Monroe County Achievement Center property, which is the old Monroe Academy property, we have uh, renovated the baseball field, and uh, the baseball field has been uh, redone, and uh, will actually host practices and probably some ninth grade games for our baseball program this year. So we worked hard over the summer and first semester getting that ready to go. Uh, as for our stadium project, as you know, uh, phase one, is complete. Uh, we completed the concessions and restrooms on the home side and uh, that's actually phase one. Phase two is uh, building a new field house for our players and coaches uh, that will be all inclusive with the weight room and different things that our players and athletic uh, football program needs. And then phase three would be um, actually uh, taking down the current field house and the old gym, as it's referred to in Monroe County, to create a plaza area uh, when folks, uh, when patrons come to football games at Dan Pitt Stadium, you come in, you won't see buildings. It'll be a marquee and then an open area that will look straight into the stadium. And I think it will be a better uh, situation and experience uh, for our kids and for citizens and people who visit married persons for football games in the future. So we're excited about that. And then 
Obviously, uh, we are planning to do some work on the uh, visitor side. Uh, if you pay close attention, uh, it's very the the stands are very close to the sideline, and so actually it's a lot closer than it is on the home side. And so we're going to look at some options of how we can improve the safety uh, of the entire stadium, but paying particular attention to the uh, visitor side. There's a lot of exciting things coming in the, in the next few months and years, so we can't wait to see how all of that turns out. And then there was one more announcement in December that I am not ready to think about, but you announced that you are finally going to retire at the end of this school year. Can you talk to people about why you decided it's time? Well, I, I guess, yes. Uh, I think many, most times uh, people that work in a job for a period of years kind of know when it's time. Uh, we, For me, uh, I still enjoy my work. I still feel like I'm productive in my work. I enjoy the people I work with. But generally speaking, my wife and I had, had planned a long time ago to retire at the same time. And this right, uh, this is my 30th year in education. And uh, my wife has actually worked 32 years uh, at Atrium, which is the, med the old medical center. And uh, we're both planning to retire in June. And we've got some plans for things beyond retirement, which will include some traveling and some different things that because of my work as a teacher, coach, principal, and superintendent didn't allow me a lot of opportunities to do. Um, we'll have some opportunities to do, but I, I, I love Monroe County Schools. Uh, I think it's one of the best school systems, not only in the state, but probably in the Southeast. I mean, we're very lucky. You know, a lot of times um, people can be very, look at the glasses half empty, uh, but our glasses, really full here in Monroe County and uh, I think the best days and I think I said this in the release I still feel like the best days are ahead of us for our school district and our children and I do believe that but uh, uh, yeah I, it will be I retire officially June 30th uh, and I'll be looking forward to each month until that time gets here to make sure that we're doing all the things that we can do uh, to increase opportunities for our children and uh, for the citizens here in Monroe County. Well, I know you will be missed, but I feel pretty confident in saying you will still be around. I yeah. bet we'll see you out there enjoying those new facilities at Dan Pitt Stadium on Friday nights. That's true, that's true. I, I don't plan to move anywhere. Uh, our home is in Monroe County, and uh, I'll be glad to support and help uh, Monroe County Schools moving forward in any way I can. Well, Dr. Hittman, thank you so much for your time this morning. We appreciate it, and we wish you all the best with your future plans. Thank you. As Dr. Hickman mentioned, we have a lot of great CTAE pathways for our students to experience. MPTV's Madison Justice introduces us to a student heavily involved in our Ag program. Hello, my name is Madison Justice, a senior here at Mary Persons High School, and I'm here with Willow Waldrop. Willow is the president of the Mary Persons FFA chapter, an advocate for the Support Georgia Agricultural Organization, and recently attended the 95th National FFA Convention and Expo as a delegate, representing the state of Georgia. I am so excited to be able to sit down and discuss her accomplishments, as well as how her involvement has gone just beyond our local agricultural community. So Willow, how long has agriculture been a part of your life? 
Agriculture has been a major part of my life since I was born. I have grown up on a fourth generational beef cattle and hay farm here in Monroe County and I have truly started investing my time when I was in the first grade and started showing lambs and pigs. Um, since then I have become further involved in agriculture at my family's farm by now showing lambs, pigs, and beef cattle along with working on my family's farm through raising cattle and sheep. How would you say raising and showing livestock has affected you thus far? Raising and showing livestock has taken up the majority of my life and impacted me in every part. Um, through raising my own lambs and getting to watch them grow and develop, I have learned to not take life for granted and to be thankful for everything that I'm given and to work hard for everything. I've also learned the great responsibility of having to care for livestock every day of my life. It doesn't matter if it's raining outside, if it's cold, if it's hot. Um, you have to go and feed them and take care of them. And it's not just going and giving them feed. You have to walk them and actually work them. Um, showing livestock overall has just taught me the importance of hard work and to never give up. And when did you first get involved with FFA? Um, well, it has always been a part of my life since my dad is an agriculture teacher and an FFA advisor. Um, I've always gone to shows with him and I've gone to competitions and to FFA camp when I was little. Um, but I first became an official member in the seventh grade. And how long have you been in leadership positions within FFA? Um, so I've been in a leadership position since my sophomore year of high school. Um, and what officer positions have you held in particular? I was vice president of our chapter my sophomore year and I served as president last school year and I continue to do so this school year. And what would you say that you've learned from these positions? I've learned the importance of working hard and how to delegate tasks to others. I've also learned the importance of keeping a balanced schedule and managing a great amount of tasks at one time. Right. And. As I mentioned earlier, you recently attended the 95th National FFA Convention and Expo in Indianapolis, Indiana as a delegate representing the state of Georgia. How were you chosen for this opportunity? So there are a total of 475 delegates from across the nation um, that attend the national convention and represent their state. Each state is allowed a certain amount based on the number of FFA members in their state and each state has a minimum of two. Some states only get to have two because their membership isn't as high as ours, but Georgia has a really great honor of getting to send 36 delegates. Um, we had the third highest number of delegates behind Texas and California. Um, serving as a delegate allows you to represent your state and is an, an important task, especially when other states do not have the same level of representation. I was chosen through an application process that was open to all um, senior and college freshman FFA members across the state and only um, 36 of us were chosen so it's definitely a big honor to get to serve and to get to represent Georgia at national convention. What would you say was the most rewarding part of this experience? Through being a delegate, I was able to meet so many people from across the state and the nation. Um, I made great friends with people here in Georgia and was able to work with some of the best. Um, I was really, along with making friends, it was really eye-opening to see just the different aspects of agriculture here in Georgia. Um, I'm primarily, you know, focused in livestock and especially beef cattle and hay, whereas many people, especially from South Georgia, are focused on pecans or cotton or poultry. 
Um, and it's just interesting to see the different areas of agriculture and just how broadly agriculture impacts every part of the state. And I was also able to see this by meeting people from across the nation who um, just have a very different influence and have a very different way of life in their journey in agriculture. Um, and it was just really great to see just how different it is across the country and how it's not just one or two things and it, it really does take up everything and every part of somebody's life and it impacts everyone's life. Um, so what were your responsibilities as a delegate? Um, there were a total of six committees that worked on different tasks and needs in the FFA. Everybody, the 475 was split up among those committees. Um, I was selected to serve on the Strengthening Workforce Connections Committee and I worked with around 70 other FFA members from across the nation to improve FFA and directly connect um, the things that we are learning, the, the workshops that we're going to, the competitions that we're competing in to the agriculture industry and the workforce to make sure that we are aligning with what after we graduate from high school or college we're really going to be using this stuff and making sure that it's valuable. Um, along with working in the committee, I attended delegate hearings where we made decisions as a whole and voted on various amendments. Um, we attended luncheons and dinners, networking, um, conventions, and we really just got to represent Georgia to the rest of the nation and just represent ourselves in the best way possible. And we also got to cheer on all of the people who were winning from Georgia. And so it's just a really great opportunity for me. And you were also chosen to be a 2022-2023 advocate for the Support Georgia Court for the Support Georgia Agricultural Organization. For those unfamiliar, what is this organization? Support Georgia Agriculture is a business that was founded when COVID-19 shut everything down. The owner realized that many organizations and nonprofits who support the Georgia FFA Foundation would no longer be able to with the shutting down of events across the state and nation. Um, so within two weeks of selling Support Georgia Agriculture merchandise, they raised $15,000 for the Georgia FFA Foundation. And that really helped out when a lot of other organizations were not able to give the money that they give every year. Um, so since 2020, Support Georgia, Support Georgia Agriculture has now raised over $100,000 for the Georgia FFA Foundation. Um, this money goes straight to the foundation, which directly supports students through providing scholarships, competitions, workshops, so much more. Um, my trip to the National Convention was completely paid for and provided by the Georgia FFA Foundation. And without businesses like Support Georgia Agriculture, that would not be possible. And how were you chosen to become an advocate? I went through an application process that was open to students across the state, and that involved creating video that represented my life in agriculture and how it has impacted me. Um, I was chosen along with 12 others to represent Support Georgia Agriculture as an advocate. And what opportunities has being an advocate given you? Being an advocate has furthered my knowledge of agriculture and the different aspects of it and how it can be so different across the state. It has also helped further my knowledge of how important the Georgia FFA Foundation is to students and members and how heavily it impacts um, FFA members across the state. I've also met a lot of really cool people who work to promote our way of life and to support others in agriculture and just how important it is to the world around us. All right, thank you. Welcome back to MP Interviews. Today, I am Jackson Sparks. I have with me Ethan Bertram, and I'm going to be asking questions about FFA. 
What is the main purpose of FFA? Uh, FFA is an intercurricular organization that promotes uh, leadership, cooperation, and like career read readiness through like agricultural education. Cool. Do you partake in any competitions? Oh yeah, I've partaked in uh, wildlife, land judging, and my most recent one is ENR. What's one of your favorite memories from being in FFA? That's a tough question. Uh, I, I love FFA. I mean, there's a lot of fun things, but uh, I think my favorite memory is probably from this past year going to state and getting highest individual at uh, state land judging. So we're going to be going to Oklahoma next semester. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. So if someone wanted to join, who would they like talk to? Like who's like the main teacher involved? Uh, it's definitely the ag teachers. Uh, FFA is an intercurricular organization, which means it like works with the school. So you have to have an ag class. I mean, you could probably work it out with the teachers, but um, yeah, I'd talk to Mr. Waldrop or Mr. Smith. What does a regular FFA school year look like? A uh, regular FFA school year looks like, um, beginning of the year we go through our creed and stuff, uh, as we do usually. But in class, I mean, we're, we've done every, you do everything. You can be doing animal stuff, you're going out to the farm every day, you could be uh, learning, I mean, we can, we've done a whole bunch of stuff like that. But uh, in FFA, we have a lot of competitions each semester, and it's, those are always fun to go to. You get to miss school and go compete, earn money. I mean, uh, area competitions, you can earn $50 individually. State, you can earn $100. If you go to nationals, you can win thousands of dollars plus scholarships and all that stuff. We have multiple cookouts and multiple meetings throughout the year, which are always fun to do. We have a cookout this Thursday, the 17th, I'm pretty sure. Um, but uh, we go out to the old school farm, have a bonfire, and it's just fun, fun games. Yeah, it seems like it's a good way to kickstart any careers, anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, and last thing, what is your like specific role? Uh, my role is I'm the our Mary Persons FFA chapter reporter. So I I create the articles, I create the uh, most of the announcements for the in the mornings. So the FFA announcements, I I make those, and uh, we as an officer we do a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes and just getting everything sorted for FFA. Cool. Well, thank you, Mr. Bertram, for sitting with me today and answering these questions. And uh, that's all we got today, so go dogs. Another great offering for our Bulldogs is the construction program. MPTV tells us more. Hey, I'm Gracie, and today I'm going to be interviewing Mr. Herm, who is the construction teacher here at Mary Persons High School. So to start off, do you have a construction background? Yes, I do. I spent about 30 years in the construction field before I became a teacher stumbled onto my the best job I've ever had. What is the coolest thing you've built? Oh man, it probably a toss-up. When I was about 10 years old, me and some of my buddies cobbled together a treehouse in the woods behind the neighborhood where I grew up. And be a toss-up between that and uh, my wife and I live in a 130-year-old farmhouse that I've completely redone. And I guess the that would be my favorite because I did it for her. Have you traveled because of construction? I have. Um, started traveling when I was about 20, 22, something like that, and got to see a whole lot of the country. And then as I went into um, other types of construction, uh, mostly in management, uh, I got to 
travel around the world some, not the whole world, but uh, to Europe, and we had a plant in Mexico and, and uh, the Caribbean and stuff like that. Yeah. What made you want to teach construction rather than another subject? It's the only thing that I know well enough to, to bring much to the classroom. I mean, I love history, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to be able to do some math. But I, I know a whole lot about construction and also the value of it as a career. So. What is your favorite memory in the classroom or on the job? Oh, man. Um, a favorite memory. I, I, I guess, and it's, I've seen it a lot of times. Um, sometimes I think the favorite thing that happens in the classroom would be Mia, Mia Winget. Not Addison. It's Addison's older sister, Mia. She, she really made me want to be a better man. <laughs> <laughs> this is Addison Wingett. What do you have to say about that? I'm beyond offended. <laughs> All right, my favorite, the favorite thing about being in a construction teacher is seeing when a student, when the light goes on. There's a concept that that they're confused by, and I can see it happen the way that I remember it happening with me. Remember when you started to ride a bike and you had training wheels, and then when you finally experienced balance for the first time, and the feeling that you got, and once you had it, you'll never lose it. So seeing the light come on for some students with a difficult concept, or yeah, that's probably one of my favorite things. Favorite thing about being in construction every day I left my mark on the world. When I was young, learning how to do some of this stuff, the mark that I was leaving was not very good. But, uh, you know, as I became more skilled, every day I can go back to a job that I, I built. I'm now taking my grandsons to a house where I first I laid a, a, did some stone work on this house. And it was one of the first jobs that the boss trusted me to do by myself. And I'm bringing my grandsons to those houses and saying, you see that stone right there? That old pappy laid that stone there. Yeah. What do you want people to know about construction? It is a very rewarding career, not just financially. Construction, the building industry, is going to pay more than a lot of other entry-level jobs because you're going to be expected to work pretty hard. Um, but just because you get paid $15 an hour instead of $12 an hour, that's not the reason to do the job. The reason to do it is because it's rewarding. If what you love is customer service, you can. there are lots of jobs to go out and, and do that, and that'll be rewarding. The building industry is a growing industry. You can travel anywhere once you're skilled. Uh, it's not. It doesn't have to be an alternative. It's not for kids that can't go to college or uh, kids that flunk out of high school. The building industry is made up of everybody from flunkies like me all the way to architects, engineers, developers. It's a great, great career opportunity, and it's, um, it, 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 it's a rewarding feeling. You know, you build stuff that is going to last, and you're glad to be doing that. Yeah. John Ruskin was this 19th century, he was a 19th century uh, poet architect, designer, uh, he, he wrote essays, and one of the things that he said is, when we build, let us think that we build forever. 
Let it not be for present use or present delight alone, but let it be such work that we know that the people who come behind us will appreciate it because it's going to last. And he ends the thing by saying, basically, one day the stuff that you do, when you stack these stones one on top of the other one, one day people are going to hold them, they're going to cherish them because it was your hands that did it. And one day one of my granddaughters is going to live in my farmhouse and she's going to cherish it because my hands were the ones that built it. That's pretty good. And there's a lot of a lot of professions you don't you don't you don't have the promise of that. So all right, everybody back to work. Before we go, I have several announcements to pass along. The district spelling bee will take place Monday night at the Fine Arts Center. The event starts at six and should finish in time for you to enjoy the college football national championship game. Tuesday, the Monroe County Board of Education will hold its first meeting of the year. It starts at 5.30 in the boardroom. Monroe County Schools will be closed Monday, January 16th in observance of the MLK Junior holiday. Next Tuesday, January 17th, don't miss MP's Got Talent at the Board of Education Auditorium. The amazing night of music starts at 7 p.m. Pre-kindergarten registration will take place a little later this year. We'll begin scheduling appointments in mid-April and we'll release plenty of information about the process in the weeks leading up to the event. We're heading into our spring season of musicals at the Fine Arts Center. This year's presentations include Moana Jr., Press Start, a new children's musical, The Wizard of Oz, Matilda Jr., and Broadway favorite, Les Miserables. Keep an eye on our website for show dates and ticket prices. And finally, Saturday, February 4th, Monroe County Schools will host a job fair at the Fine Arts Center for all open positions. So get your resumes ready and plan to join us on the 4th. More details coming soon. Thank you for tuning in to Monroe County Schools Radio exclusively on Magic 100 FM. Have a great week. Remember to be a champ. And as always, go dogs. The thoughts expressed in this segment represent Monroe County Schools.